player. Oh, 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 wait a second, wait a second. And this is why we're doing this. Yeah. Deserved it? Yeah. And we are back for another Park Train. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan Singer. I got my partner in crime, our other co-host, Matt Cermak, coming in from my hometown. He's in St. Louis. What's going on, sir? The Ryder Cup just got clinched. We've got it on as we're recording this. Uh, unbelievable. Off the charts. Record-breaking week for the Americans. But yeah, I'm coming live from St. Louis, Missouri. Mark Hogan, Ryan Winehouse. You heard of these guys? I you mean, know, so I said, guys, I got to step away. We got to record it. We got we to gotta just dive into what's happening right now and talk a little team golf member guest. Yep. This is going to be fun. But before we dive in, guys, in case you're new, thanks for hopping aboard. Our mission on the Far Train is to help frustrated golfers enjoy the ride again on and off the course. And we believe if you can learn to smile through bad golf, you can essentially smile through anything. We interview PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, mental coaches, Everyday golfers like you and I, you and me, and more to make the hardest game in the world feel easy and help you get out of your own way, shoot your lowest scores ever, and finally enjoy the ride. Before we get to this episode and deep dive on the mental side of team play and match play, taken from the Ryder Cup that you can instill into your own game if you're playing a match, whether it's Saturday game with a buddy or you know a real competitive match like your brother's in right now in the U.S. Mid Am. Quick word from our friends. At Roback. Wow. Sir Love Mac, these guys. I mean, how many people are coming up to you every day talking about the shirts and the polos and the Q-zips and the vests and all these, well, all this gear that you're wearing? Got it yesterday at, uh, at Meadowbrook. <laughs> I met one of Ryan's buddies out at Meadowbrook. I go, Matt Cermak. Was Matt Cermak from the part tree? <laughs> he goes, Love, Love this show. He goes, Roback? Sounds great. No, I mean... In St. Louis, the weather's a little warmer, so you don't need the you don't need the Q-zip. But I've been rocking the Q-zips and the vests a lot lately. Um, kind of excited to kind of you know get our gear for the fall. You know, even it gets like we said, it gets chilly in LA. You know, yeah. you need to get some long sleeve stuff. Yeah, we're about to get a new shipment in, so that'll be exciting. But for those of you listening, if you've heard us talk about rowback before, or if this is your first episode and you're just hearing us talk about it, um, I can pretty much guarantee. That if you get yourself a rollback polo, a Q-zip, a hoodie, whatever it is, it's going to be the best golf piece of apparel you've ever owned. Because that's really what everyone tells us, and that's how I feel. I gave away all my other, all my other gear because rollback is truly the best. So go into our <laughs> show notes, tap the, um, tap the link in our show notes, and you'll get 15% off. No need to enter a promo code. And if you're not in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you're just scrolling on Instagram, check us out at The Part Train. This link is always in our bio. Or tap the link in our bio, get 15% off your first rowback order, and look good, feel good, play good. All right, Sarm. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm been looking forward to this episode all week because it's a good opportunity for us to unpack a lot of experiences we both had recently while also tying in things that we've observed and noticed from arguably the greatest event in golf, which is the Ryder Cup, which we've maybe had to wait. In, maybe in sports. Wow. Maybe in sports. We've had to wait three years for this one. Um, and so many non-golf fans go to this and, and just eat it up. And I think there's something incredible about that. For sure. I mean, it's the only time you can see people's emotions really come out, right? And as a, Yeah. And, and as a group, it's an individual sport, right? And we yep. get all giddy for this. 
pretty wild. Yep. So look, I, I want to frame this conversation up first by, you know, the average golfer, let's say we always say the 15 handicap, right? The average golfer is probably not playing in a lot of competitive match play stuff. Um, maybe a match play event with your buddies, you know, where you each get maybe a team game like you played yesterday, best ball match. Um, yep. But I do think there's a lot of learnings, whether you're playing match play or not, that we can pull from match play into our everyday rounds. And the first thing that I'll say agree. to kind of kick this off is, you know, Steve Stricker, the captain of the U.S. team, talked a couple times about creating a rela- more of a relaxed environment, mm-hmm. right? Where I think in the past, the weight of the world, or the, I guess the country, has kind of been on the shoulders of the U.S. team because of the narrative that repeats every two years, which is the U.S. can't find a way to win. Uh, U.S. or Europe always dominates. And so you have players like Tiger in the past, right, that would just be dominating an individual play and then get to the Ryder Cup and really struggle, right? And so I think it's a really interesting thing to unpack and to me shows the importance of a relaxed environment. That doesn't mean you don't want to be a, have a killer instinct and want to win, mm-hmm. but wanting to win really, really badly on every shot may not be the best strategy to actually get that result. So to me, you could see that in the players. The players had a little bit more confident swagger and kind of a relaxed vibe. Now they still were like going crazy, like Justin Thomas is going crazy right now on the TV. Um, and he was fiery all week, which I love to see. But- and, didn't, and not played the greatest for JT, but like just such a team guy, yeah. right? Tim yeah. and Berger, shotgun and beers. How fun was that? Yeah. But right, right like, but, but he's a great example. You're not quite, everybody wants to contribute so much, right? You right. obsess with contributing and what happens? You go the other way. Yeah. He's still, his vibe has just been amazing for this team. Right. And I think that's, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I experienced that a few weeks ago. I think it's counterintuitive because like even Ryan and I have talked about this. Ryan and I didn't necessarily see eye to eye on this, but you know. In, in the member guest. In the member guest. Yeah. Where, you know. Yes, the reality is you want to win. Yes, the reality might be that your opponent might be, have a 12-footer and you feel like you need to match him, right? But that might not be the best strat- mental strategy or most productive thought for you to help you hit your best shot, right? So that can all be true. Yep. But what I've been thinking a lot about lately, sir, especially thinking about this episode and my, my performance in match play a few weeks ago and now watching the Ryder Cup is I don't think oh, Stricker's about to talk right now. We'll have to watch this after. Um, <laughs> How but, fun is this? Yeah, but uh, I don't think that Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan and Tom Brady are necessarily like born with this clutch gene. I think they simply have a better, they're better at hyper-focusing about what they need to do in the moment versus worrying about what it's going to mean if they miss or don't perform, right? I think that's a real, oh, Stricker's crying. This is a beautiful scene. It's a it's great that we're recording this live as we're watching. He's a Wisconsin native. I mean, this is, and all the pressure, yeah, the best. Love it. But you know what I mean, sir? I'm like, that's the hardest thing for people to do. It's easy to say. I get it. 
But in the moment, it is so hard to not get down on yourself. Look at Rory. Rory cried today because yeah. he only almost went 0-4, no points. You never see Rory show emotion. And the weight of not contributing for your teammates where every result has like a, a magnifying glass on it, right? Yeah. Because in a round of golf, you make a bad swing and you're in the rough or you hit it OB or whatever, you make double, you kind of move on. And if you kind of get into a rhythm down later in the round, you can suddenly string some pars together, maybe a couple birdies you didn't expect. And suddenly you shot the last 12 holes, you know, one over or even par, whatever it is, depending on what your level is. Whereas in match play, it's really hard to get into a rhythm sometimes because if you're so hyper-focused on how you're not contributing or your reputation, your reputation, your worth, uh, oh, I'm three down now, I have to make, it's a lot of trying to make things happen versus letting them happen. I agree, Evan. I think a lot of it has to do with, like it's so hard. For, like I mean, look at the Ryder Cup. Stricker puts these pairings together. Like I mean, everybody's got to do their job, but you got to vibe with your partner out there a little bit, right? Yeah. You got to focus on what you need to do because at the end of the day, you can't focus on what your the, your opponents are doing as much as we want to, and as much as that happens, and sometimes we react to our opponents based on our yeah. mind. We get defensive. We think, well, he pulled it left. You know, I just got to bunt something out there. It's not good, right? right? But how do we stay focused on our individual game? Because at the end of the day, that's all you can control. Right. But Ev, it's tough though, too, right? Like you're a member guest, you know, let's just say it. You probably had a stroke call out there. There's a stroke call that you had, and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't come you to play it. on the stroke call. Yeah. And Ryan might, you know, your partner at the time, it could be any partner, but Ryan would probably thought, well, what the fuck, right? Like he's right. down on you. You're right. down on yourself. It's just natural to feel that way, right? Yeah. But but how do we how do we not get so obsessed with that, right? Or how do you get your mind right on the stroke hole? And how does maybe your partner, <laughs> you know, not get so obsessed with it too? Because well, he should be like, well, I can make birding this hole regardless. I'm a I'm a plus one. Right. Right. And we're not picking on Ryan. I could be. It could have been me and Eric last year. It's the same yeah. thing down in Paducah, Kentucky. What do you think? I mean, it's kind of like football players doing, trying to make the same routine in the Super Bowl, right? Yes, if you win a Super Bowl, that changes the whole course of your career, right? Everyone's working their whole lives to get the ring, get the trophy. But you, what do you hear the coaches say at the beginning of the game? It's a football field. It's the same game you've been playing your whole life. You're the best in the world at it. Let's go play football. And so what usually happens in a Super Bowl with first-time football, first-time players, people play really tight. People play really tentative. It's usually kind of a slow start, right? Yep. And then the second half, the nerves wear off, and you're like, oh, shit, my back's against the wall. We better start, like, making things happen. And you start to turn into more offensive versus defensive, right? Same thing happens in match play. But I agree with you. I actually did this kind of poorly. Um, the last three weeks ago in my member guest where I thought that most of my performance is going to be dictated on how much fear I have over a shot. 
right? So I was really focused going into the tournament about not being afraid of the golf course, focusing on my keys, and yeah, swinging aggressively to conservative targets. Um, but what I didn't realize is how bad I wanted it and how bad I thought we deserved it. Because I felt like I was a better player. Whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. And this is why we're doing this. Yeah. Deserved it? Yeah. Why do you deserve anything? Well, that's... Because you, you made the horse race two years in a two row. Two years in a row. This is I our like time. I felt like I was a better player. We're, we're, we're a good, very good team. Ryan was playing we, well. I was playing well. We but deserve, it deserve it's an interesting thing. I don't know if that's a good thing. No, I, I think we went in, at least personally, I can't speak for Ryan, but... Yeah, I went in with a he's, little he's downstairs. Of, yeah. Should I bring him up here? <laughs> yeah. I, I went in with too high of expectations and I tied. I, I, I personalized things. So let's say Ryan got quiet after we lost the hole or a yeah. shot went errant. I took that personal. Yeah. And there's probably a 99% chance Ryan wasn't even thinking about me. He was probably just frustrated oh, about how he didn't execute. And then suddenly, as a team, we're a little quiet. Maybe I'm playing a little defensive. It's hard, Serm. Like, it's hard to be in a member guest or any match play or any golf event where you see three guys hitting the fairway, multiple shots or great shots in a row, and you're kind of bunting it around, right? And it makes it a really easy thing to get out of your routine and try and just make things happen. Right. It's like, God, all I want is a can I just make a par? I just need a par. And then you see how if you look at those thought patterns and what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to make things happen versus playing my game. How many golf shots have I hit in my life? I'm not the best player in the world, but I'm decent. But you're pretty good. (laughs) And I'm getting a handicap. So like all I gotta do is make pars. But I think that that mentality actually led to very defensive play Mm -hmm. versus like I can make birdies, you know, like don't make stupid plays and necessarily aggressive plays, but I think it led to very defensive play within match play. Well, let me say this, Ev. What would have been like if you didn't know what holes you were getting shots on? And you know what? Maybe that's the plan for next year. And that should be the plan for everybody. Because Ryan disagrees with this, but go ahead. You didn't perform yeah. on those holes that you get shots. Why? Did your plan change? Did you get more defensive? Were you like, thinking about what you were supposed to contribute? Yeah. And then it had the reverse effect? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I played Meadowbrook yesterday, right? I don't know what hole. I, I have to think about what holes you got shots on, but, you know, you know what? You've played there a bunch. You're a great team with Ryan. Clearly, you've been in the horse race two years in a row. Which is actually very rare. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we have to know what we get shot? That changes your plan and it adds pressure. Right. What do you think? Like no. why? And I'd love to. Get, I'm not, I'm gonna get Ryan up here. I'm mean, like, why do? Why does? Why do you need to know? Totally. I mean, <laughs> you could. So this is the question I'd love to debate. Of like, some players look at the leaderboard, some don't. Right. And Ryan and I talked about this. Ryan was like, I want you to know where you're at because that might dictate, you know, certain strategies. But at the end of the day, what strategies? On every hole, I'm trying to make a par, right? 
Well, I don't know if, again, but I don't know if that's the right attitude even. The, the, and maybe this is why we're talking in this conversation. You know Meadowbrook. You've mm-hmm. played in this member guest a bunch. I know what club I need to hit, hit on this on this tee box. Why should that change? Yeah. Because I'm getting a stroke. The three would have a hybrid or it's a driver. You know yeah. what you feel good about. Why do you see guys on the tour hit drivers when they're winning late in the round? Well, that's the, the club they feel good about. Right. They map that out. Right. Why should I change my plan? Now, there might be an extreme scenario if you're on the, you know, but it, it's more stroke play. If you had a two or three stroke lead on the last hole to win the tournament, you know what? Maybe I'm hitting hybrid here right. and I'm playing for bogey. Right. That's not match play to me. What yeah. do you think? No, I agree. I mean, look, it's not that I, I think it was a, it was a combination of things for me, right? I think I, my expectations were too high. Um, I was. Playing. You felt like, look, look, let's be honest. You felt like it was your time. And it's a fair feeling. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. Ryan and I, I mean, looking back, we finished seventh and fourth, you know, over a hundred people, uh, two years in a row. And those years, two years ago, I didn't even hit driver. Right. And this year right. I won long drive. So like, oh. you know, like, so part of me thinks I'm a much better, I'm much What'd more you, of a What was that? 331? Player. Yeah. Much more of a complete Number 10. player. Downhill, um, so yeah. Part of you thinks, well, if we finish seventh and fourth, and I felt like I was kind of like grinding and hanging on, you know, and I'm getting you know, eight, I guess if my index is seven, I was probably getting I was getting a nine, so I was I'm getting nine shots. Um, and Ryan's been playing good, yeah, like he always does, you know. I think I care my expectations, I was focused on playing aggressive, and then in the moment during moments of challenge and loose shots because I was playing defensive. Um, I, I became, and this is what a lot of people do. It's why I wanted to unpack this for people because I kept thinking about it. It's really easy to get down on yourself quickly because I know I'm better than that. And I know I have the tools, but it's really easy to get caught up in the moment. You start to speed up a little bit and you know, it's the most challenging thing to know exactly where you are, where your opponent is. Suddenly, you know, you're making mistakes under the gun and you know you're better than it. And yeah. I think for well, me, you know the what? biggest learning I got, Serm, yeah. is I felt really bad about my own. I didn't feel like I belonged. Right. And that's been a challenge at times when I'm playing. But you, with, wait, but you do. You've right. been in that. You've been in the horse race twice. Right. Everybody right. knows your team. Right. You guys are, people are probably maybe betting on you and they call cut right. like. So this, this is <laughs> really is important. Like most people play member guests for years. They never even make the horse race. My dad was always in the A flight and could never get the right partner. Like they never made the yeah. horse race and he would yeah. shoot three under on his own ball on a front night. <laughs> like, right. So this, <laughs> so is the, this is super important. Our brains are wired to look at black and white, right? So we, we take moments of bad fortune or risk, you know, a loose shot and our brains, it's almost like, sir, we can have a great day right at work and you can like spill on yourself, right? And, or you lose something, you can't find your keys. And suddenly you look at your, like, God, I'm so stupid. I can't even find my <laughs> keys. Like yeah. what's wrong with me? Right. And so that's a really easy trap to fall into where, yeah, I could have had like four really great shots, 
But then on the hole I pop on, I make a loose shot, I make bogey or worse, double, and I contributed nothing to my team. Suddenly, it's easy for me to take that very micro moment and carry that feeling into the next yeah. hole and feel like I'm underperforming versus what I notice the pros do really well is these pros are hitting loose shots all week, hitting it off the cliffs, down near the oh, yeah. water. And they're just like, they just walk to it and they right. try and play the best shot they can. We're going to take a quick break to pay the bills. We'll get you right back to the show. Guys, are you looking for golf gear that offers premium? performance do you guys like premium performance stuff that performs no matter what but at a fair price instead of breaking the bank well sticks golf clubs are on par with all the big brands trust me i've worked for one of them um, and i've hit the sticks golf clubs and it's not just an ad read this is legit okay i was actually shocked by how good the clubs were um, without the massive markup and guess what during september Sticks is celebrating their first year in business. They've only been around for one year and they're selling out like crazy. They're really giving the big club manufacturers a run for their money. Um, they're celebrating their first year in business with daily giveaways. So visit Sticks Golf Gear on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for amazing prizes and surprises throughout the month. And check out their minimalist all black clubs with high quality finishes and the latest tech at sticks.golf. That's sticks.golf and use the code PARTRAIN SENT ME for 10% off. So, not only are you going to get a full set of awesome performing clubs for like 800 bucks instead of like two to three grand, you also can get another 10% off using the code PARTRAIN SENT ME. So, make sure you go to sticks.golf, enter the code PARTRAIN SENT ME, and follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Sticks Golf Gear and access all of these great giveaways. We're going to be doing some at the par train. And uh, I'm really excited and so happy for them to see the amazing success they're having. And, you know, they're more than just a golf club company. They're making golf more accessible and inclusive and allowing everyone to have really high-quality golf clubs that will break the bank. And so give them a look. I'm telling you guys... If you want a new set that won't break the bank or you're just starting out, Sticks is an incredible option. So give them a look. Enter the code PARTRAIN sent me. Now let's get back to the show. For sure. Well, you know what's for me? I've been team golf and play a little best ball yesterday. And like, I think about this. When I'm playing like, a, let's say, a one best ball, and it's tough when you get down early, right? And but when we start talking, when whoever my partner is, we start talking like, oh, we got to start making, we got to make some birdies. Like to me, that's bad. That's a bad yes. communication yes. moment. Like, yes. or, oh my God, we got to turn this down. Or, I mean, they're, they're, they look so good today. Like, right. And that's a, but that's what we're thinking. And right. then just, <laughs> right. Well, that's the automatic thought. Yeah. And that's yeah. the, but for me, it's like, I like, you know, hey, whatever. Let's just, let's just, let's get our focus back. Like yesterday, we won the front. We got in the back. We got off to a bad start. I, uh, it's uh, maybe the 12th hole at Meadowbrook Ave. It's like a water left. There's a pond left. There's a bunk bunker middle of the fairway. I think it's number number 12. It's oh, after yeah, that yeah. par five. Yeah, yeah. It's after 12, that, yeah. that tough par. Yep. And I, 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 pull, I, I pull the driver into the water. Mm -hmm. I, then I dropped one and misclubbed and I made a double. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that sucked. And like, I was just like, I looked at Mark. I was just like, I just got to get my focus back. 
You know, like it just, I just got to get my focus back. And then I, yeah. you know, I parred the rest of the, like, I think I bogeyed the next hole actually made a bad putt. He's like, let's get her, let's just, get a, let's just get her focus back. Like, yeah. like, and I didn't commit to the chip on the next hole and like, and that, and then I, I think I parred out, whatever we lost, we lost the back, but, but let's just, what's the next song? What's the next, what are we hitting on this team? Yeah. Well, let's just get our focus back. Those are my three, actually. You know, let's get our focus back. All right. What's what are we hitting on the next hole? And how's the playlist sound? <laughs> you, know, yeah. like, you know, and like, or, well, or do it, or do it, or do it cheers. Like, you know, we don't drink a lot of the course. We had a couple, we had like a couple seltzers out there. Little cheers. How great yeah. is this today? What do you, what do you, to me, but, but it's easy to say, shit, we got to make some birdies. Or I'm sorry about that. What? Am, yeah. That's not who I eat. Yeah. But you see, okay. You see how tight, think about the feeling. All right. Say this to yourself of God damn, they're playing good. We got to like really start making some birdies here. Think about the feeling of that. It's tight. And you know right? what the other negative feeling? Heavy. Really easy. Or my God, these guys are supposed to be 10 handicaps and they yeah. birdied two holes. What yeah. the hell is this? Yeah. So easy to say. And absolutely negative, and won't go away. And it's what are you so gonna do? What are you gonna do in team golf? Make putts, and anybody can do it. Yeah, no matter what their handicap is. Yeah, and remember, like we did this. You know, I heard this in our team a couple times, where our opponent would be. You start counting your chickens too soon. Our opponent's in the trees and supposed to be in jail. Yeah, and this dude somehow has like a Bagger Vance window. <laughs> in like an elevated green, literally no shot, 180 plus out, and puts it to 12 feet on the green. It is so easy in that moment to put your hands up and say, "What the hell? Like we can't get anything. We can't get any right. breaks." Right and now. it's it's a t terrible vibe. When I learned as a kid, and I'm not saying implement this every time, but match play or team game, and there's a big putt, I don't even look. I just expect they're going to make it. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even watch them putt it. I'm just, and I'll say I have a putt to. You know, if he makes it, then I got a counter. Yeah, yeah. You cannot get tied up into your opponents. Yeah. You've got, to, so, you've got to work. You've got to work hard at that. Right. So this is the thing, right? If Tom, think about, I'm, I'm using a lot of football references, but I think it, it's helpful. You love that. Like, you know, the ex-NFL guy. Tom Brady, <laughs> you think Tom Brady sees uh, Matt Ryan in that Super Bowl? Like, God damn. Matt Ryan, we just can't catch a break. Matt Ryan is playing so well. We got to like. Right. No, he's thinking about what he has to do, right? And so something I, that really popped up for me as I was watching the Ryder Cup in between two weddings in 24 hours, it's crazy. Wow, weather. are we having fun? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but one thing I noticed, it actually happened today. Um, Bryson put one to like three feet on his approach. Sergio went long, okay? He's buried in deep rough. So it's easy to say, Sergio's got the, or Bryson's got the hole, right? As Bryson, right. it's easy to think, okay, I got this one. Um, Sergio chips in for birdie. Now, Bryson's three-foot birdie putt has an entirely different feeling, mm -hmm. right? But totally. it shouldn't. But it does. It shouldn't. It can, and it will in the moment. But to your point about let's refocus, it's the same putt. It's still a three-foot putt that he was going to try and make before. Maybe does it have more meaning now? Sure. But again, is thinking about what it means if you miss it a great strategy to help you make it? No. No. It doesn't. Right. It's right. not going to create 100%. A, 
a pure stroke. It's going to create more tension. It's going to not, it's, it's going to create interference, right? And so the art is in the resetting. And I think that's a great point you made, right? Instead of telling you and your teammate, all right, we need to like get this going. I think this applies in a scramble too sometimes. Like, all right, guys, we got to like, we got to start making some birdies. We got to start <laughs> oh, making some putts. Especially help you make more birdies. Especially if you're part of the, like get a couple of pars in the first couple of holes. We've talked yeah. about this in the past yes. episode. The scramble oh my God, it's like over the top bad, yes. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so get, instead of thinking about that, think about getting your focus back, thinking about what helps you hit your best shots. Are you going to hop on the tempo train, right? Are you going to hold your finish? Are you, are you going to focus vocal- on making a big turn for you? Do you want, are you going to vocalize on the, on the yeah. T-box with your partner about like, hey, what are we doing here? What are we feeling? You know, like that's important, you know? Yeah. I also so that's think- the team part, right? Because we, we got to do our individual thing. We know what our plan is. It's an individual game. You've, I think you've always got to vocalize. You've always got to communicate. And I think that kind of just brings the tension level down. You start talking to each other about what you want to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, I like to ask myself, am I playing defensive? You know? And again, easier said than done. Sometimes it's really hard to reset and break yourself out of um, the moment because you so badly want a certain result. But at a certain point, you got to tell yourself, you know what, this doesn't help me get the thing that I want. So I'm going to let go of it. Anything can happen. I know that. But I'm going to focus on the one thing I can control. And that's, I'm going to play offense. Right. right? And don't, and don't, and don't get, this is what's so hard too is don't get so interested in what your, your partner is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He should never be there for you. That's, I think, I think that's how you have to think about it. Yeah. I'm here to perform here to do my thing. He's here to do his thing. But when you start thinking that way, or, Oh my God, he missed that putt, or that hole was so easy. He was in a good position. What was he thinking? Bad. Right. Because it gets you away from what you're supposed to do. Right. Right. All you can do is try to pick him up one way or the other, you know, or, you know, but, oh, it's tough. It's tough. It's like, oh, my God, I've been, I've been showing up for the first, you know, two matches. And then he gets one chance. He doesn't do it. Right. Bad negative vibes. Right. Well, I'll ask every listener this question. When's the last time that you were thinking to yourself, God, I really need to make a birdie. Or I really need to make some more pars. And you did. And when's the last time that you didn't think about anything or didn't think about that and you lift your head up and you look back and you just made six straight bars, right? right? Or you sprinkled in a birdie here or two that you weren't even considering. So look, well, think about the best players in the world can will themselves. Let God let go. Yeah. We don't have to do anything. Right. Right. And that's one, that's Brett McKay. That's, That's one vibe, right? But there's something there. You think about team play. What do we have to do? We don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. What does this mean? Does it really mean that much? <laughs> yeah. Does it in the grand scheme of things? Right. Mm, probably, probably that's not. Why you, that's why you kind of have to like Jordan did it. Tiger did it. Like they create these almost like fake scenarios for themselves to either amp themselves up or calm themselves down. And yeah, of course, like, did I feel like we were ramping up that it was our time to win. Yes. Did I want to win $10,000? 
Yes. Did I want to perform under pressure so that I could come back to this podcast and talk about how all the great work we've been doing? <laughs> Absolutely. That's probably the thing I wanted the most. And that was probably maybe the learning from it. And that didn't help me. Right? right. So I think that's the end of the day. The biggest takeaway I hope that you guys take from this is don't try and tell me if it's true or not. Right? This is what a lot of people struggle with in life. They'll be really down about something. They might feel like a victim. They might feel depressed or down. And yes, they might be going through some real hard stuff. I'm not downplaying actual reality. But does focusing on how bad it is actually help you move beyond it? No. You know, lean into it at first. Understand it. Lean into it. Don't just deflect and tell yourself everything's good. But at the end of the day, ask yourself what you're saying to yourself and what you're experiencing is helpful and a good strategy for you to get the result that you want. And more times than not, the answer will be no. And then to your point, Sarm, refocus. Focus on what is. Exactly. And and I'm going to hammer it home as we kind of sign off here is for your partner, don't worry about them. Okay. When I, when I hooked that, when I pulled that driver into the water on 12, Mark hit a great shot, a great drive in the middle of the fairway. I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I'm just try to get something on the green. He's going to make par. What did he do? He, it, was a tough, it was a tough second shot, even from the fairway. He missed the green. He made both. Like, and then my mind was like, oh, my God. Now I've got to chip this close. And what did I do? I didn't. I chipped it 10 feet. I missed the putt. Like, yeah. Instead of just like, well, wait a second. All right, I'm going to drop in the fairway. I've got 155 yards up the hill. Find your right club. Give yourself a chance for par. Yeah. But I was kind of like, oh, well, I was like, well, I've been playing pretty well. Mark's been a little up and down today. He'll get this. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And you could have switched those roles, but I got a little too, I lost my focus. Mm-hmm. And then just admit it. Just freaking admit it. <laughs> <laughs> I made a double bogey. It was kind of embarrassing, you know, from like just, but admit it. I lost right. my focus, Mark. Hey, cheers. When are we playing in? Cheers. <laughs> oh, we got to, when you and I got to join a club first. <laughs> Well, I mean, you got your family. <laughs> your family belongs to one, right? Don't they well, like a, they had Richmore for yeah for yeah. forever. We'll, we'll we'll get one. We'll get one. Get one. I, I think time. That, that would be that would be a really fun one to follow along. But let me close with this. Um, I think that uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're human beings, right? We talk about this stuff every week. I coach a few golfers on it. I'm still a human being. So is it easy to make a mistake in the hardest game in the world and feel bad about it? Feel that you're not as good of a player as you once thought you were? Yes, of course. So I want to remind the listeners that don't have the expectation that that won't happen. Don't get down on yourself if you've been working on your mental game and you have even an 18-hole stretch, 36-hole, whatever it is, of not the great attitude or you can't get get out of your own way. The only power you have is to recognize it and try and do better the next time and shift your focus to a more productive strategy, which to review is not focusing on what your opponent's doing, not focusing on what your teammate's doing, not focused on what it means, not focused on what it'll mean if you miss it, not focused on what it'll mean if you make it, hit your shot. And you have a bad hole, you get to that next tee box, vocalize what you guys are going to do. Yeah. Vocalize talk what about you're it. trying to do. Talk what about it. Get into executional here? mode. Yeah. Yes. Do it. And have fun with it. 
be aggressive and like play offense. Nobody plays good golf defensive. Nobody. No, no, no. It's the absolute truth, Av. And I want everybody to know that I beat Ryan Winehouse at his home course yesterday. <laughs> so everybody should know. I've never seen the play. It's not easy. And I beat, I beat him. That and course. He's, and he's struggling with it. That course has beat me <laughs> down. Okay. It's beat a Meadow, lot of people down. Meadowbrook Country Club in Chesterfield Mo. Anybody listening, you guys get out there. Bring your egg it's, the, it's the type of course <laughs> where, like, in, in, in California, I'll close with this. California, uh, it's a lot easier to spray it. And more importantly, yeah. like, there's usually only one defense to a golf course, right? If it's kind of wide open, the greens are going to be smaller. Or maybe the greens are quick or have un- uh, big undulations. Meadowbrook's yes. got it all. Meadowbrook yeah. has trees. It's got water. The yeah. holes you got to hit in a very Dog specific soft elevated lines. greens, three leveled greens, like yeah. deep it's bunkers. Tough. No, it's great. So it's that's great. a good reminder too, sir. The course is hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's not make it any harder on ourselves. Right. And I think team right. play is a great time to again use it as a platform to learn. Right? right. I learned a lot from this. Yeah. Um. And I was excited to bring it back to you guys and talk about my own mistakes because team play brings out you. I mean, look at it with the U.S. team. I think the U.S. team just uncracked or cracked the nut a little bit on like how what helps them play their best golf. Right. Where specifically, I think before they were playing defensive, they were putting too much pressure on themselves. Be loose. It's a great group of guys. Enjoy each other. Do your own thing. You guys are the greatest players in the history of the game. Really, when you think about yeah. eras, you know, and just do that. And the rest kind of feeds off each other. And when you're not playing well, like let's say JT was up and down, just bring the vibes, yeah. right? Bring yeah. the vibes, right? You, you, you lose that hole coming down the stretch and you remember guests, your match play, or, or, hey, give him a pound. Next hole. Let's go. Yeah. We're coming, you know? So yep. this is great stuff, man. Is there anything you've heard before we sign off? Um, is there anything you heard from your, your brother, Joe? I mean, just to, for yeah, people that have he, listened, right? We had Joe on a couple episodes ago who qualified for the U.S. Mid-AM. He's 13th. And Eric Straub, who, who we had from Missouri State. Joe had 68 in the first round. Eric had 74. Joe was struggling today. He might be near the cut line. I think he was five or six over for the day. So he was in the three, four over range. They're playing two courses in Nantucket. Uh, Eric was maybe a couple over, he's six or seven over. So they're going to need to finish strong to make the cut. So, but Joe, he had a great first round, 68, but uh, was, yeah, last I checked, he was struggling. But okay. those are good, great parts. Sam Bettinardi. Great mindset. So, Sam Bettinardi, too, was one over after the first day. So, well, part train alumni. But yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe, Joe has a great mindset, but it's funny how you can shoot 68 one day and then, <laughs> you know. Right. Shoot forward, carrying, 40 on the front of the next, you know? Talk about carrying oh. expectations, right? In the hunt. Could be, right? Or, yeah. you know, could have made some mental errors out there, wrong clubs, you know, or just, it's a crazy game. But, yeah. you know, he'll, what did he game. say in that episode? There's ups and there's downs. It's not going to define me. Yeah. It's one I learned a lot. I'm sure you're going to learn a lot, whatever happens. So, yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, guys, thank you as always for listening. We hope that this was helpful for whatever type of match play. Or even stroke play. I think there's things to take that applies to stroke. And team Uh, game. Team game, any game that you play on the weekends. Hopefully this will help you win a little extra cash and stay even keel and more relaxed out there. Um, If we've helped at all, guys, it would really mean a lot to us uh, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And 
we just launched a very special workshop with the Dr. Joe Parent. Dr. Joe Parent, the author of Zen Golf. Um, I'm leading a very uh, intimate, exclusive online workshop over Zoom with 18 people. Um, I think we have like nine seats left. A little so. shout out to Joey Balmerito in Chicago. He, he, he signed up really quick. Yeah, can't wait to see him there. He's fired up. If you guys want a chance to ask myself or, more importantly, Dr. Joe Parent a question um, and get a little workshop, uh, very one-on-one, go to thepartrain.com, click events, and sign up. This will only be available over the next few days. Um, Yeah. It's on October 6th, Wednesday, October 6th at 5 p.m. Pacific. So check that out. And, sir, no matter how you're playing in your team game, no matter where the ball goes or what your score is, how you're feeling, What do they got to do? Just enjoy the ride. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Take care.